of pirate prizes and a pinafore. There once was a ship that put to sea, and the name of the ship was Diligent. Oh, bring me sugar and rum and tea, and the Diligent did reward. Just before he closed his eyes each night, Simeon Perkins wrote in his diary, The crusty old seaman did this for forty-six years. Just like my great-uncle Jacob Miller and his son Garrett, Simeon was a privateer, funding ships to capture the prizes during the Napoleonic War. It took me an hour with a magnifying glass to decipher each of his words, but the endeavor was worth it, giving me a glimpse into one week of Garrett's life. These two entries were penned 222 years ago by Perkins, written in 1799. June the 3rd, 1799, our auction of the prizes of the GMW and Schooner Fly and cargoes of the prizes and commences the diligence to guard Garrett Miller, 1,000 pounds. The next week, on June the 8th, he wrote, We've had some difficulty with who bid off the prize, Brig La Libra, on account of the inventory specifying a suit of sails complete, and examining the sails, some of them are very poor. He had a survey made. Messrs. John Kirk, Alicia Hopkins, Ephraim Dean, they passed their judgments on each sail, some half-worn, some a quarter, and some condemned. We made Mr. Miller several offers, which he refused. Finally, we agreed him to all the small things he bid off, and gave him a stantile, something used for the rigging, and two swivels for the gun rest, and a rebate of ten pounds. Give him a certificate of the purchase, and a copy of the condemnation. Took his note for this sale due in sixty days. Haggling. That's what Garrett Miller was doing, besides reaping huge profits from legitimate privateering ventures. And what a treasure trove, pun intended, have I found here, Mr. Perkins, the name of the ship Diligent. Her first name was Spencer, but renamed Diligence and commissioned in 1795. Diligence was an 18-gun brig sloop with 1632-pounder cannons and two six-pounder chase guns. The chase gun was mounted on the bow and stern and used to damage the rigging of an enemy ship to slow it down. She sailed for Jamaica in 1796. Her first capture was another privateer of six guns and 57 men. She cleared the Bahama Straits and ten leagues out fought for three-quarters of an hour to capture 16 guns, 50 men, and a cargo of logwood. She teamed up with some other ships to capture a Spanish packet ship carrying mail. Did Garrett learn any naval secrets while opening that mail? On and on the privateering continued, and by late 1798, Diligence had captured 13 merchant vessels. She took seven more in 1799, the year the diary was written. One had 30,000 pounds of coffee aboard, another carried 45,000 pounds of coffee, and was described as a Spanish schooner, coppered. At the end of this year, Diligence was in the Gulf of Venezuela and destroyed a Dutch schooner, a French schooner, and a sloop-rigged boat. Numerous more prizes of coffee, men, and guns, then one carrying mahogany, another carrying mahogany, coffee, and sugar, others with cotton, wine, raisins, and one with a load of mules. All were overcome. 
the court would deem them legal prizes and the ship and contents auctioned off. Garrett would also feel loss. On October 8, 1800, Diligence was cruising the north coast of Cuba in search of a Spanish privateer reported to be in the area. At 7.30 at dusk, Diligence hit a reef. She remained stuck, filling with water. Daylight showed her five miles out from shore, and she transferred her provisions and crew there. The next day, Thunderer rescued the crew. The British set fire to Diligence as they left, and she was scuttled. On one occasion, a captured American vessel had on board a pinafore. It was the property of the daughter of the U.S. President Madison. It had been shipped from New York, where the young lady had been attending school. This notable article was bought by the prize commissioner, Garrett Miller, and presented to one of his daughters, and is still in the possession of the family, the Honorable Jason Miller Mack. Uncle Jacob Miller's oldest son was named Garrett, after his brother. This Garrett was born in 1770 in New York, before the Revolutionary War broke out. The family, in including the six children, escaped, and as his mother said, the bullets falling around us, she held a frying pan over the head of the youngest to shield her as they ran. The family settled on the shores of Halifax, Nova Scotia, as loyalists in 1776. The only son, Garrett, followed in his father Jacob's footsteps and also became a merchant and a privateer. In 1802, he married Catherine, the daughter of Captain Joseph Furnett. Joseph Furnett could name drop Cornwallis, Cornwallis of Britain. Furnett had been in the military service in Germany and a colonel in France. As a Huguenot, he came with Cornwallis after Cornwallis had fought in Scotland, putting down the Jacobite Rebellion. Cornwallis was made the governor of Nova Scotia and was tasked with establishing the new town of Halifax there. There was a recruiting drive for settlers to come to the New World from France, Germany, and Switzerland. The British government provided free passage, free land, and one year of rations upon arrival. Over 2,000 foreign Protestants came in 12 ships in the early 1750s. Catherine's father was made an aide-de-camp during the taking of Quebec City in the Battle of the Plains of Abraham. For this, he was awarded 22,400 acres. He settled along 11 miles of La Havre River, building a gristmill and sawmill. He built the first ship on the river, served as justice of the peace, a surveyor, and colonel in the local militia, participating in the defense of Lunenburg during the raid on Lunenburg when American privateers entered the town, 1782. Garrett Miller would visit Mr. Purnett with business. Soon his visits were encouraged as he was held in good esteem, which was reciprocated by the daughter, Catherine, and they married. Garrett bought the land across the La Havre River and called it Miller Estates. What a beautiful spot in nature. As the river widened for its entry into the sea, the little white German homes of fishermen dotted along the shore of the sea, interspersed with the white spires of churches. The pine-covered hills kept watch as masts of freighters filled with merchandise skirted the island coming into the harbor. Garrett and Catherine Miller had seven children, Augusta, Garrett Trafalgar Nelson, Francis, Joseph Purnett, 
John, Elizabeth, and Jacob. Garrett Miller was also Justice of the Peace and was Prize Commissioner for Privateers at Halifax during the war from 1812 to 1815. Garrett also represented Lunenburg County in the Nova Scotia House of Assembly from 1936 to 1840 as a Conservative. Here Miller died in office at La Havre, aged 70. Ho, ho, goes my mind. Jacob Miller's son was handing out the letters of mark or privateering licenses to 4,000 others willing to invest with risk capital. One would be to his own father, Jacob, and no wonder Jacob became very, very rich. Robbery under arms was a common aspect of seaborne trade. Queen Elizabeth I had authorized sea raiders such as Francis Drake and Sir Walter Raleigh. Think of the gold and silver they captured from the Spanish treasure fleet, bringing it back from Mexico. Imagine being a pirate, finding a Caribbean fleet laden with the riches of gems, pearls, spices, sugar, tobacco, silk, and other exotic goods. The Spanish galleons were built as armed merchant ships and man-of-wars. During war, piracy was made legal under King George III again. Garrett Miller was delegated to issue the commissions or letters of marque during the War of 1812. All kinds of hostility was permissible at sea. Captured ships were sold under prize law and the proceeds divided by percentage between privateer sponsors, ship owners, captains, and crews. A percentage share usually went to the issuer of the commission. Ho-ho again, Garrett was also that commissioner. What of the five sisters of Garrett, the daughters of Uncle Jacob Miller, Nancy, Betsy, Margaret, Mary, and Abigail? I wish I knew more, and wouldn't it be fun to write a story like Little Women about them? In it, Nancy is a tomboy hanging with her grievous cousin Martin until he runs away. Betsy reads and reads. Margaret is timid and crippling shy. Mary and Abigail, the youngest and frailest, content to stay at home and are the peacemakers. The five never married, remain spinsters in the house at the intersection of Water and Morris Street, Halifax, Nova Scotia, the three oldest living into their 80s. My mind thinks of gloved tea parties with dainty sandwiches, with crusts off, served to a select few invited. Mary and Abigail's graves are in the family plot, St. Paul's Old Burying Ground, Halifax, Nova Scotia. Their father, my uncle Jacob Miller, died on May 31, 1825 at Halifax, Nova Scotia, having lived a long life of 83 years. His brother, my sixth great-grandfather, Garrett Miller, died in August 1823 at Switzerville, Ontario, also a long life of 84 years. What a difference in the two brothers' stories who were both raised beneath the shadow of the castle court matrix in Ireland by their father Adam, the Lutheran creature of the Irish Palatine. Both stayed loyalists, fled the Revolutionary War, and started anew in Canada. Each has a great story to be told, and their own journey through the curves they were thrown and the mileposts, each found a unique destination. I can only imagine their travelings and report what I find in history's pages. As young Irish lads, I doubt they imagined this story for themselves.
The right side of my brain is stimulated to imagine, and I experience and analyze the world through my relatives' lives. Please leave me a like if you're doing the same. Fleeing the bullets, boarding a merchant ship and counting the prize, or dancing in the president's daughter's pinafores.